All right, QP Nation, we're back. QP Scores Exchange back on the air. Football Friday is here, and it is now divisional preview time. And we start in the AFC East. Last year, we did two. We kind of ran it all together. It was in the month of August. We're kind of vetting it out this year. It's only going to be one division. We're going to take the AFC East this week. A lot of storylines. A lot of talent in this division, whether you believe in it or not. Um, an influx of new talent, some hope as far as that's concerned. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I know y'all looking forward to that. And I brought along two guys that are going to help me break down this division. One, Nico Miatello. He is our analyst. He also is our NBA draft dude. And my fantasy brother, KC, Kyler Copeland, is in the building. What's up, fellas? What's going on? What's going on, man? I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to cover the Patriots. Patriots are my team, as well as the rest of this division, man. I'm hyped. (laughs) Overall, I'm really excited to cover this division, too. I think there's a lot of interesting teams that, while maybe all of them won't make the playoffs, I think most of them have an argument that, to be at least contenders. And maybe even the Jets can be a little frisky. A little frisky. (laughs) A little frisky. That's what we're calling the Jets now. But, hey, that's a lot better than what we were calling them last year. And that's kind of where I want to start off at um, with this preview. I know that Jets fans are real high on their squad. I know they are looking at their their number two overall, their first-round draft pick, the kid out of BYU, Zach Wilson, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But as far as the Jets are concerned, this is just kind of like a broad overall view. You guys can kick in after. I'm looking at them and going, it looks like they got a direction. It looks like maybe they found a quarterback. You know, Jordan's still out till we see it, right? Offensive line is okay. I like kind of what they're building, but they're still like a couple years away. Yeah, yeah I mean, the like, offense- uh, go ahead, oh, go ahead. line has some youth on it. Uh, I like Makai back then as well as Elijah Vera Tucker. They're both uh, strong guys on the left side, as well as bringing in Morgan Moses to shore up that right side and move George Fant into more of a situation where he can be a swing tackle or slide in that guard. Yeah, I mean, they're offseason. I really loved Corey Davis, a wide receiver, who was super underrated. Carl Lawson at the end is really good. I mean, like you mentioned, Elijah Barry Tucker in the draft. They got Elijah Moore in the draft, who was one of my favorite receiver prospects. Love that addition. And um, I, I don't know if they're going to be, you know, competing for a playoff push necessarily, but I think they're heading in a good direction. And also, I mean, Robert Sala is the head coach now. I think he brings a good culture to the Jets they've really needed for a long time. And uh, I'm really high on their offseason. I think they're going to be a sneaky team that, you know, people are going to be like, oh, it's the Jets. We're not going to be that good. But I'd look out for the Jets as a team that can really win some games this year. Another kid that I want to talk about a little bit is um, because I saw a lot of games on him and a lot of film on him is the running back out of North Carolina. I know that I know his running mate got a lot of run as well. But Michael Carter. 
to me was electric at uh, Chapel Hill last year. Uh, yeah, I like I like Michael Carter. I the problem I'd have with him uh, as a player and more in a fantasy aspect, like Kyler would talk about, is just the depth of that running back core overall. Having guys like Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson as well, and some people think Lemichael P. Ryan is still the starter. I know that riles <laughs> right up, but. Uh, Having all those dudes, I think it might take a little longer for Michael Carter to emerge. He did just come in this year as a fourth round pick, but maybe next year, the year after, I could see him really taking over the reins in that backfield. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if he's necessarily a guy that can take over the reins, even just because, like, he's a smaller build guy. I don't know if he's really built to take on that workhorse back load, you know, and that's the that's the uh, the concern in the Jets backfield is they don't really have a guy to me that's, you know, that can take over a game, get, you know, 18 to 25 carries, you know, Michael Carter, I don't think is that guy. Tevin Coleman's never been that guy. Ty Johnson's not really it. Michael P. Ryan's pretty bad at football. So I just, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't see that with the Jets for fantasy. I'm not super high on Michael Carter this year because of that reason. I don't think his upside is as high as everyone may think it might be in fantasy this year. So, you know, his ranking will be a little lower. I think he's being drafted closer to his ceiling than his floor. But um mm-hmm. but it's not a bad addition for sure. Yeah. In fantasy I, I definitely like those guys like Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson way later. Mm-hmm. Well let's get to their big prize of the off season. The kid out of BYU. Now, I'm going to give you my thoughts on him. I'm going to give you some of the notes that I received as going through the process. First of all, everybody loves that he can throw off-platform. Everybody. They they say they, they, they whispered the name Mahomes. Okay? I mean, I understand that this is lofty expectations of a kid and I don't think that that will be the case right off the bat but they say he can fling it from a lot of different slots he uh he has a uh, an imagination um as a quarterback that it's been a while since we've seen um a lot of people like him as far as how he breaks down film how he um is able to manipulate defenses so Nico, your thoughts on the second overall pick and the Jets' new savior of Gotham, Zach Wilson? I, I I like Zach Wilson overall. I don't want to come across as too harsh, but like specifically when you're saying that off-platform stuff and the Mahomes whispers, I don't know how you could scout Zach Wilson and scout Justin Fields and think that – Zach Wilson is the guy who more mirrors Mahomes. I think Justin Fields' ability to throw off platform and from all different arm angles is like top top flight. But I again, I'm not trying to bury Zach Wilson too much. I see him as more of an athletic guy. To me, he's more of kind of like that Josh Allen mold. And when Josh Allen came in, you there were a lot of people who didn't like where he was drafted either. 
but he just had all those uh, physical traits and techniques and that work ethic that you knew he was going to pursue and will work until he became a star player. And that's what Buffalo bet on. I think the Jets seeing, seeing that in their division decided this time after uh, the Sam Bradford situation to really lock down and take the guy with that physical upside, which I think realistically is a better cho- choice usually just not over a guy like fields i can tell you what it was that they felt there was a differential between fields and wilson and it was his ability to recognize defenses quicker they felt that there was some stare down issues with fields uh, and yeah, I I heard that stuff too. And like I I feel like the people who were watching that film must have had blindfolds on because I saw Fields go to his third and fourth read more like significantly more than most people in this draft. That was what one area that I actually didn't really like Zach Wilson, and I I kind of feel like Fields got uh, way overhated. He I this would have been a hot take, but he was my number one quarterback prospect in that class. Oh, that would have been a real hot take. But I will say this, because I didn't like mm-hmm. the field slander. Okay, I know we're getting off yeah. topic a little bit, but I did not like the field slander at all. I didn't like the mm-hmm. the the kind of same-o, same-o, so to speak, yeah. in the sense of mm-hmm. quarterback that doesn't look like owner, not as yeah. cerebral, yeah, sure. not as exactly. you know, relies on physical gifts than mental. I didn't like any of that. And I hope yeah. that Justin Fields honestly goes to Chicago and rips it up. I really do. Because mm-hmm. I did not I did not see that in the thing about it is all he did was win. All that kid did yeah, was okay. win at Ohio State. Exactly. I've I've, exactly. I've seen yeah. teams I've seen teams look over at Alabama and look over at Clemson, and it was over before the ball was kicked off. That was not mm-hmm. the case with that kid. That kid got no, down absolutely. in games. He got his mouth bloodied in games. He got up. Mm-hmm. He dusted himself off, and he proved that not only did he, he belong, but his team belonged, and he was going to make sure of that. So – I, the slander on Justin Fields is, is I think you and I are in lockstep with that. Um, yeah. But what I was told was that, was mm-hmm. that difference. Yeah. They felt that yeah. Wilson was special when it came to that. So mm-hmm. I don't want to turn yeah. this into a Justin Fields, Zach Wilson deal because I might be more closer I, to you yeah. than, than – I am, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to shit on the kid personally. Um, yeah, absolutely, and I, I don't want to shit on Zach Wilson either. And I, you definitely can see elements of that, like reading the field, being able to get to the later progressions. I just felt with uh, Wilson, it was a little more shoddy in certain plays. If it was like a timing route, his wide receiver was running, he was still firing the ball out. Like if you were relying on him to throw his wide receiver open. 
I think he'd always make that throw still. But he was better at reading when the wide receiver actually did come open and there was a break in the defense. I'm not convinced that happens as much at the pro level. We'll, we'll have to see, but uh, he definitely has like the body, the traits, and the mind and character to develop well in those in those areas. So uh, Zach Wilson is someone I, I think I'd be high on in most quarterback classes. He'd probably be uh, pretty high for me. I just thought this year was special, so I had him a bit lower. And I'll say this about the Jets, and then we'll we'll talk about um, we'll talk about other teams in the division. I think the Jets did one thing that was very smart. In their mm. later picks, they helped him. Vera Tucker yeah. was a great pick. Elijah Moore mm-hmm. was a great pick. Whatever you think of what Michael Carter can be, I think of six mm-hmm. to nine touches a game. And, mm-hmm. you know, some dynamicism out of the out of the backfield between him, like Running, you know, wheel routes and things of that nature down the sideline. Um, yeah. So, and with Zach Wilson's arm, which is strong, that kid does have a rocket. He was enjoyable yeah. to watch at BYU. So, mm-hmm. and the other thing that a lot of people say about him, and I talked to some people, um, his leadership is super real. Like, it might, it might yeah. seem folksy and all gosh shucks and all that, but mm-hmm. the dudes, the dudes that look at him, they're into him. And yeah. he seems to yeah. be able to take over a room fairly easily. I want to see it translate to the NFL, but mm-hmm. from all accounts, that, the yeah, leadership skill, normally he's good. You can, yeah, that's something normally you can pick up at the lower levels. Like, I go going back to that draft with Josh Allen and Josh Rosen and those guys. I I feel really strongly that's the reason that Baker fought his way up to first overall in that class was just like the way the man was a myth at Oklahoma. Like you, I remember there was a a scout telling a conversation about how. Baker would yell something in the hallways and then there'd be people from all sorts of dorms who would know it was him and yell in response, like comparing him to the Pied Piper. And that's, that's the type of stuff like Zach Wilson's not quite at that level, but you hear similar stuff about his teammates that like maybe Zach Wilson's not the type of raw, raw leader Baker Mayfield was, but his teammates will go to bat for him in a similar way where they're coming to stand up for him. Like there's multiple people who have came out in the media, like unsolicited speaking in support of Zach Wilson. I think that's always a great sign. Uh, but speaking of other things, I think the Jets did well to support him. I think not cutting Jamison Crowder and instead just like working out a negotiation for a cheaper salary was a really good move because he's the most veteran receiver on that roster, probably the best guy they had remaining. And even if you have a guy like Elijah Moore to replace him eventually, year one, Elijah Moore is not going to be at Jamison Crowder's level. No, it's very rare that a rookie receiver would be that good. So having a guy like Crowder with those automatic hands who could just live in the slot for Wilson in his first year or two, I think was really smart move by Michael Fuller, Sala and the guys. Oh, for sure. And I think that 
going forward, I will definitely say this. The regime that's there now, they definitely looked at what happened with Sam Darnold. They definitely saw it. Yeah. And they made look they made strides to go ahead and say, you know what? If we're gonna do this again, we're gonna do this the right way. We're gonna get somebody to protect him. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get him somebody where he can throw a bubble screen and he take it eighty yards. And yeah. we're gonna get him some help in the running game as well. It might not be full time help, but it's mm-hmm. help all the same. And anytime yeah. that you can help him up the middle as far as his line is concerned, because I don't know about Vera Tucker being a, a tackle. I think he's gonna be a guard, but I, I yeah, wanna I see the I wanna see him. You know, I want to see it. Um, mm-hmm. I just think when you have that as your kind of, okay, this is how we're going to do to set him up for success. Yeah. They hit all, they hit everything that you could. The only thing that you can honestly kind of nitpick on is, was there like a really good handsy tight end? Because that's always a really yeah. good safety valve for a young quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think Crowder kind of fills that role. They also have Chris Herndon. I'm not high on Herndon personally, but he can kind of do that. Ryan Griffin last year did some stuff for them. So maybe they want to try out these guys for one more season, go back into it next year. Cause they weren't really in range to get a guy like Pitts unless they were going to not take Wilson. And then Pat Fryermuth was the second best tight end, I think. And as a Steelers fan, like I would have been really happy if they would have taken him way before we did. But uh, I, I don't think that would have been smart for them. So it kind of seemed like a year to wait. All right, Kyler, do you got anything on the Jets or can we move on to team number two to talk about? <laughs> Um, I think my only thing with the Jets is that uh, as far as, you know, a fantasy football perspective and in both real life, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but Corey Davis is such an undervalued asset. He was one of the most underrated receivers last year. He really broke out for Tennessee. And now he's the number one guy for a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson, who's probably going to be a gunslinging guy that's going to throw for a lot of yards. Even if he does have those rookie mistakes, it'll lead to stats. And stats is good for fantasy football, as we all know. So uh, Corey Davis is a guy I really like, even if because, I mean, they have, you know, James Crowder and Elijah Moore. They kind of fill that slot role together. I'm not huge on Denzel Mims. There hasn't been, you know, very glowing reports of him in the offseason. So uh, Corey Davis is a guy that I really like in fantasy this season as a value pick. Yeah. Um, We didn't really touch overall on the Jets defense and their additions on that side of the ball. Mm. I, I think they... I think they did a good job there adding like Carl Lawson to a team that already had Quentin Williams. That's like building blocks on in the front. And I think clearly their strategy seems to be building like from the middle out from the offensive and defensive lines. And I think that's a strategy that's proven successful for multiple teams. They'll also have CJ Mosley for the first time Mm -hmm. since signing that huge deal. Yeah. Marcus May sticking around for another year. So there's some guys on defense. I like Ashton Davis too. They just like in the, in the back seven, they still need some work overall, but it, it's, they're taking steps in the right direction. Jet fans. I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to watch some exciting brand of football in the sense your team will score 
probably somewhere in upwards of high 20s into the 30s, right? But you're going to give up 38. <laughs> so you know. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. I love Nico, and he's very, he's, he's very gentle. I'm telling you, your defense is a super yeah. problem. Okay. It is trash on the back end right now. Okay. There is no Revis Island. Jamal Adams is filling in the great Northwest. Okay. Your, your other regime screwed that up royally. Mm-hmm. So now you have to outscore people. Okay. Good luck with that. You're in the, you're going in the right direction. Please do not think this is a slam on you, New York Jet fan. But understand, be realistic. If you win five games this year, great. If you win seven, you know that your coach Salah is the real dude, which I'm high on. I like I yeah, like me. Salah a lot. I like him a too. lot. Me too. Um, I think he's a real star. I just hope that we give him the time, and I hope that his his brand of football is allowed to permeate through the Jets organization. I'll just say it that way, because I think we've had a lot of perception. And we had a lot of people who had good sound bites there for a while. But we haven't had a, a really good football mind, but also believe a, have a believability to a 53-man 50 man roster of grown-ass men. If, if, if everybody kind of catches my drift on that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I get that. I get that point. But I think the addition of Saul, uh, say Saul or Sela, I'm not sure how you say it. Plus the the couple additions they made on defense has me a little higher on them. I don't think they're going to be a great defense by any stretch, but they've been like repeatedly one of the bottom five defenses, and I think they might be able to get out of that range. Jeff, I agree. Just know that. Your watermark of chances of winning, you got to be shooting for that 34 points. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> you to win football games, unless the Not track is muddied, girl. unless the track is muddied, you got to look at 34. Okay. 34. Big Atlanta Falcons vibes. Okay. Oh, hey, hey, I call it how I see it. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give a prediction right now. This is what I usually do. All right, but Jeff fans, listen, you're in, you're going in the right direction. Feel good about that. You got a good quarterback. You're going to see a lot of entertaining games. I'm going to split the difference. I'm going to put you at 6 and 11 this year. I don't I think that's actually pretty good. There's a good step forward for you. But the jump to eight and nine and barely missing playoffs and and things of that nature. I'm not so willing to go there at this present time. Uh, Nico, what do you think of that six and 11 prediction? 
Uh, yeah, I'd be right around there too. Too, it seems like Vegas is around there. The line is six and a half wins. I think I I might maybe I'm a little higher than you, so maybe I'll just for argument's sake go seven and ten. But overall, I think you're around the right range. Seven, five to seven wins somewhere in there should be the Jets. And Kyler, I know this is your one of your division rivals, but. Is there any yes. way that you can take the Patriots hat off for one second? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I think I think six is exactly what I was thinking. I think six and eleven is the prediction. I think the floor is like four wins, which is usually more than a, a floor for a Jets team. And I think the ceiling, I'd say, is like nine. I think nine wins is the ceiling. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think that's the ceiling. Um, if just you know things happen and the Dolphins and Patriots both shit the bed, you know. But yeah, um, I think I think six or seven is reasonable. All right, Jeff fans, listen. If you don't like the prediction, you know where to find me at. Okay, my 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 uh, Twitter is wide open. It's QPP Network. Okay, you come at me. I want to see you about week nine. Okay, I want to see how that looks. You can fire them off now too. You know. How dare you put our team at six and eleven? All right, I besmirch your character somehow. You can say that. Besmirch, big SAT word. There it is. So, Jeff fans, that's where I have you, Nico and Kyler are co-signing that. So, guys, I want to move on to kind of like this second tier of the division, and we're going to kind of group them together, but we're going to talk about them separately. First, we're going to talk about the Miami Dolphins. All right. So, Flores, awesome coach. Belichick tree, love it. Okay. If you if you don't know by now, even though I am a Los Angeles Ram for lifer, I have a lot of respect for Belichick being in that New England area for about 15 years. So, Flores, great. I love what they're doing down there. I love what they did in the draft. I love how they really looked at their organization and self-scouted amazingly, made some changes. Now this team is is sniffing some playoff. And my only my only thing that kind of waters down the excitement and I never thought I'd say it, is the quarterback out of Alabama, Tua Tyvailoa. Okay? Listen, I believe I wanted to believe in this kid. I will say that the injury has something to do with it. And if you listen to my preview special in the first couple weeks of the season last year, I said, I would not play, if I was Tua's dad, I wouldn't want my son to play until about week 13, week 14. The reasons being that the hip surgery, um, him being able to see the speed of the defense from a different way. And also by the time 13, 14, those weeks roll around, the defenses on the other end are a little bit beat up. Maybe they're not as quick off the ball and Tua can shine. That was my hope and dream for Tua last year. It didn't happen, and now we got this. And now we have this thing where 
to me, if you look at that team, and I know it might be, I don't know if it's, it's a hot take. I think they're a quarterback away. So, am I wrong to think that the the success of this team hinges on Tua? And unfortunately, we have more questions than answers. Um, I think so. I honestly think that Tua, you know, I'm not saying that I'm super high on Tua as a quarterback necessarily, but I think I'm higher on his situation than you, Vince. I don't think he necessarily has to be great in order for the team to succeed. And I know that we're going to get more into the breakdown of the team, the offseason in a second. But I think what they've done in the offseason is they built this receiving court and they built this team to say, you're going to get the ball out quick and we're going to make it as easy as possible for you. And I think that's really all it takes as long as he can, you know, be okay, which I think he was okay. It's not like he was a disaster last year. He was able to at least manage a game. And I think that's all they really need. Um, and, you know, he's a year removed from that hip injury that you talked about. So I think he might be a little more comfortable, you know, standing in that pocket feeling that pressure, I'd expect him to get a little better at that, you know, learning the playbook with Brian Flores. I'm super high on Brian Flores. I love Brian Flores. Uh, one of the few Patriots coaches that actually goes to another team and actually works out well. So I think uh, it doesn't necessarily rely on to, uh, for them to succeed. It'd be awesome and make them, you know, that much better. But I don't know if it's, you know, do or die for him to break out as like a Josh Allen type season. Oh no! Yeah. I'm not, hold on, I'm not looking for Josh Allen. This is no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I'm just saying. This is where my problem is, and and I'll and I'll tell you, I do have a little information on this. Okay, I know it's all out there, but before there were unfortunate situations, and I'll say unfortunate all around because I don't want to sound insensitive on this podcast, but there were internal talks. And not just internal talks. There were legitimate discussions on bringing Deshaun Watson to Miami. Okay? Right. So there's one. There are reports mm. that I've gotten that say there there's, there's people in that locker room who aren't, like, sold on Tua. Okay? And... I wonder if that's because you put him out there too early last year. You know, did we did we put him in the best possible position to be successful? And now are we, in a sense, are we trying to move the rock uphill, right? Because right now, he's the guy. Okay, it's him. So if you already have people in the locker room kind of going like, well, well, we're kind of waiting on next year. See what we do with the quarterback situation. See if this Deshaun Watson thing works itself out. What about that dude in Green Bay? I don't know. If you got people, you know, before preseason are saying that, this might this might not be as good a year as we think for the Dolphins. Uh... I I kind of I'll push back a little. I think I agree with Kyler less on the take around to overall and more on the, just the team around him. Like they had they brought in Jacoby Brissett behind Tua, and realistically, if Tua got 
let's say if Jacoby Brissett became the starter, I think I'd still maybe pick them to be an eight or nine win team. Uh, the tackles they had with Tua this year were also both rookies and they didn't perform great, but they also didn't perform awful. So giving them another off season to develop, I think is going to help whoever is at quarterback to the point where they can kind of do a little more because I think like we mentioned, you what you said about them starting Tua too early is a hundred percent correct. I told like just the two rookie tackles I mentioned for that reason you shouldn't start him, but they had Fitzpatrick playing very well, and Tua came into a situation where it didn't really look like he was healthy, and even if it was healthy, he wasn't moving around the way he was in uh, at Alabama. So you have to. Be, be able to put him in a position where he can be successful. And I really don't think he was in that kind of situation last year. So if there are people in the organization who have that kind of feelings about him, I think he he's going to have a good opportunity to prove them wrong. But realistically, even if he doesn't, I think the team is so strong that they can still win a good amount of games. And the other thing with that is, too, is that I like what they drafted for him. I like that they got his college teammate Waddle. Okay, yeah. um, I'm I'm real high on uh, Eichelberg out of Notre Dame. I like him a lot. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna say it right now. Shout out to Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. All right, BC. My cousin went there. Okay, he played. He balled out. He was a wide receiver for them. Kenyatta Watson. That's my dude. Okay. So my cousin, give him a shout out. Old school BC Eagles talk right here. But I'm also high on um, Hunter Long. Um, mm-hmm. I don't say I'm not saying he's going to be Travis Kelsey. The one thing that I always yeah. saw him do is I always saw him catch the football. I always mm-hmm. saw him run like solid routes, and yeah. he also protected his quarterback. And he has mm-hmm. a little run after the catch deal. As well, not I'm not saying dynamic. I'm not saying yeah. you know let's put him on the you know the echelon of you know Kyle Pitts or anything like that. But if you're looking to get a first down and you are in a third and six situation, you throw it to him at third, you know four yards. There's a good chance he's yeah. gonna get to those two. He did a yeah, lot at BC, like and I think that type of guy will help to a immensely so i mm-hmm. hope that the the draft picks that they did that they got are uh are implemented into the offense which i think they will be and they're gonna put Tua in the best possible position to shine this year yeah i i really like that hunter long pick too especially because he doesn't have to do those dynamic things because they also have mike gesicki there to be able to do that kind of thing. So Hunter long sliding in as a number two guy who can work more on his pass blocking game. And then also just catch those short routes, I think is kind of ideal. And then they picked up the freak athlete, uh, Jayla Phillips. And this is kind of a sore subject for me because he was at UCLA. Okay. This was our, this was our guy. Okay. Then he mysteriously retired from football. Right. Yeah. And too then many he, concussions. 
Yeah. And then he just resurfaced at Miami, and now he's a first-round pick. But always loved the talent. Always thought the talent was immense. And if they're just going to get this dude to rush the passer, I'm in for it year one. In for this. Because this dude can get to the quarterback on a real level. Yeah, I mean, I didn't love Jalen Phillips as a first-round pick purely because of those concussion concerns. But just based off talent alone, I think he's the best edge rusher in his draft class, to be honest. Yeah, I, think I don't he has know. All of those players. Yeah, I mean, there's just not really much of an argument for anyone else. He probably would have went top 10 without those injury concerns, to be honest. But I think yeah, a team like sure. Miami taking him is really good. They have a lot of young guys on that team. You know, just to cover the young guys real quick, Jerome Baker, Christian Wilkins, uh, there's trade rumors surfacing recently about Xavier Howard, which I'm a little concerned about. But obviously, Xavier Howard, if he is still on the Dolphins, is one of the best corners in the league. I like Perfect a lot Ram of guys. If he wants to come to the Rams, just you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They drafted uh, Noah Igbenogany last year, who you know wasn't amazing, but he's I a rookie like, corner. Yeah. He can develop. He was also 20 years old last year, so we can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he can develop more. They've got some other guys in that defense that I really like. So, I mean, that's the main thing I'm sold on with this Dolphins team and why I'm pretty high on them this year and why I have them making the playoffs is because of that defense and how they've built it and because of the, uh, the defensive culture that Brian Flores brings to the team. Yeah, there are even guys you didn't mention who I'm high on for them defensively. Like uh, Van Ginkle played so well last mm-hmm. year that he just straight up cut Kyle Van Noy. And mm-hmm. Byron Jones is like a great number two corner to have, especially when you've also got guys like Igbenogany and Jason McCordy in the building. Overall, I think it's a really, really strong defense. And that's why I have to echo your opinion that they're going to be good almost no matter what. All right, so the analysts are saying that the team overall, which I actually do agree with, is that talent-wise, this might be the second most talented team in the division. But everybody knows how I feel about the quarterback position. How you how you go is through that QB. So my my reluctance on Tua, unfortunately, because I really want the kid to succeed. I really do. Because I think it would be a great story. Um, I'm going to have them. I'm going to definitely have them over 500. I'm going to have them at. Um, nine and eight. Nine and eight. I know they could probably do 10 to 7. They cro- I mean if Tua takes off, it could be 11 and 6. But I'm going to have them at 9 and 8 thinking probably they're probably closer to 10 and 7, but I need to see I need to see Tua. I need to see Tua by see what he looks like by week 5 and see what we got before I'm just going to go ahead and jump on that train. So I mean, I'm I'm sure from my analysts, I'm going to hear it. So I'm going to let them have the floor now. No, I think uh, I think that's a fair assessment. I'm not mad at it. You know, I think I have them winning 
10 games. I think 10 and 7 is going to be my prediction as far as, you know, if I have to pick a ceiling and a floor. I honestly think the ceiling isn't too far from the prediction. I'm just that confident in the Dolphins. I guess the ceiling, if Tua really breaks out, is like 11 or 12. Um, and the floor, just because of Brian Flores and the defense. Um, but, you know, if they trade Xavier Howard, it'd make the floor a little closer too. I think the floor is like six, you know, if things just really don't pan out very well. But uh, I have them winning 10 and making the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Nico, I think you went on mute. Ooh. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'm a little higher on them than both of you guys. I think I'd have uh, them closer to that 11 and 6 range. The line, uh, Vince, once again, right below it, it came in at nine, nine and a half wins. Um, but I'd, <clears throat> I think I'd personally uh, push the over. I see their floor as a little closer to maybe like seven or eight wins, and their ceiling, if Tua breaks out, is closer to like maybe even a 13-win team. Vince, you're muted yeah, now. You're, you're high on them. You're high, huh? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. I, I just really like the team overall, and I think they've got a lot of players who can really break out. All right, so now we're going to switch over to the team that also kind of – I kind of put in that second tier. And that's the New England Patriots. Now, now, here's the deal. Bill Belichick said last year, listen, we went to went to three Super Bowls, like four, like what else, five AFC championships games. Listen, we sold our soul. And we had to pay for it at some point. And our cap situation was trash, but we're going to be better. Now, my dude went out in the offseason and spent like a drunken sailor who hadn't seen land in like eight months. You know what I'm saying? Stopped over in a little, you know, tropical paradise and let let his hair down, let loose a little bit. Because my man, first day out, spent money. And it was crazy. It was like Matt Judon from the Ravens. It was tight end Palooza yep. with John New Smith, you know, and the other guy. Um, Henry. Yeah. And then the wide receiver from um, San Francisco, Bourne. No. Andrew Bourne, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he went crazy spending money. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was like, we are going to, whatever our floor of talent is, we're going to fix that right now. Okay. Um, I guess what the splashiest free agent pickup was probably Judon, correct? Yeah, for sure. Okay, right. I think the, um, I think the sleeper low key guys are the, are the defensive tackles that he picked up. I really like both of them. Yeah. Um, I know they needed wide receivers because um, New England Patriots are uh, notorious for not picking the best wide receivers, and I will allow Kyler <laughs> Copeland just room on that in a second. 
<laughs> but I'm talking this out because I'm trying to see how I'm going to pick for them. So then we get to the draft, right? And I told everybody that would was in earshot of me, I was like, yo, the quarterback is going to fall to him. He's not going to have to move. He is not going to have to move. All this trading up that everybody's talking about, he's not going to have to move. And it, lo and behold, Mac Jones fell to 15. Now, I understand there are a lot of people who are not high on Mac Jones. I am not saying that Mac Jones is the next coming of Tom Brady. I will never do that to that young man. But I will say this. Ask the wide receivers of Alabama who they, who, who, who they want their quarterback to be. And that should tell you all you need to know on Mac Jones. If you're if those guys who are going into the league and catching passes from Tua and catching passes from Mac Jones, and they're saying that Mac is our guy, I have more excitement about Mac Jones than okay, he's going to be halfway decent um, game manager guy. Because that means there's some leadership there that we're probably not privy to. His offensive line loves him as well. All right. So their draft, as far as Mac Jones is concerned, I I know people will say, oh, I would rather have Fields. And I, and I, I don't disagree with that at all. I don't disagree with any of that. But you know how Bill Belichick wants to play. <laughs> and that dude doesn't want to turn the ball over to save his life. I've never seen anybody value possessions and manipulate the clock so he gets the last possession before the end of the first half, especially if he's getting the ball second half. I've never seen anybody do it better than him. So I'm high on Mac Jones. I'm also high on the other Alabama guy that they got. It's Christian Barrymore. I think their defensive tackle rotation just got a lot bigger. They're going to be, they're going to have a lot more depth. And then we're not even talking about the additions that are coming back because of they decided to opt out last year because my boy Dante Hightower is back. And football is better with Dante Hightower in it. Yes, sir. My life is better with Dante Hightower crushing running backs, making people look really silly, driving guards all the way back to the quarterback, and the quarterback just looking super scared as three Patriots just topple him, you know, for that coverage sack that they usually get. Shout yeah. out to Stephon Gilmore. Hey, bro, I don't know if you're going to get your money. All right, I don't. I hope you do. I hope you stay a Patriot. I really do. Because I like you a lot. You like my second favorite corner. Shout out to Jalen Ramsey. That's my dude. But uh, that's the key, right? It's Stephon Gilmore getting that squared away. I think it will work because 
both parties seem like it's not a big deal for some reason. So something's going on there. And I just like their draft. So tell me, Nico, why I should be knowing who Bill Belichick is, why should I be not confident in their ability to bounce back this year? Well, overall, I think I'm not super unconfident in their ability, and I kind of like their draft too. Though the thing you talked about, about Mac Jones and um, his wide receivers liking him better, I kind of hated that storyline because, like, for Jalen Waddle at the Bunch of Smith, Mac Jones has kind of always been their quarterback. Last year, they were backups behind Juden Ruggs. So they were running with the number two team, which is the quarter, the team Jones was the quarterback of. So really, it hasn't been as much of an adjustment for these guys. They didn't, they never played with Tua as much as they did play with Mac Jones. Um, overall, though, I, I I think Mac Jones got a little bit overhated. I, we've seen much worse quarterbacks in the first round recently. Um, I think he's. He's got the timing down to a T. He can be that prototypical game manager. The only thing he's really lacking now is that plus athleticism you see from the more current day, uh, more current day game, game managers. I, but everything else you said, I pretty much agree with. I don't really like Nelson Aguilar, but the remainder of their free agency moves I thought were. Excellent. I really like Christian Barrymore. I, I really like Ramondre Stevenson. So overall, I was pretty high on their draft. So I'll let my guy Kyler get to gushing about his squad. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, let me, okay. We're breaking down the offense first, right? All right. Mac Jones. I'm not a huge fan of Mac Jones, to be honest, right? Not because he's a bad prospect, but just because he's so like slightly above average as a game manager. That we're like he's going to be good enough to where we're stuck with him for the next ten years, but like mm-hmm. but he's not bad enough to where we can get a different one. Like we're okay. just going to be stuck with can, him. Can I give you one thing though with that? Sure. Okay. All right. So, current <clears throat> deal for I don't know if anybody's catching his act of late and what he's up to. He's a head football coach in a, in a high school down south. He's also doing like the elite. 11 deal. That's his deal. The one thing that I have to to give this man a lot of credit for is he's very self-aware of what, what he was. He's also very self-aware of his kind of place in the game. And he's given me a lot of tremendous insight into quarterbacks. He was the first guy to clue me into the Jared Goff thing. That he couldn't read two sides. He couldn't read the whole field. He was a one. He was a half a field. He read half the field. That was it. He was the first guy to clue me in on that. Okay. The one thing that he did say about Mac Jones' feet. Is that he doesn't need to have like crazy athleticism. Because he finds a way in the pocket to keep himself looking downfield. Mechanics correct to launch so he can kind of slide to the left slide to the right and i know you're a patriots fan and i don't want to throw throw the name out there but there was another quarterback that was pretty good at that 
and he was there for about 20 years and you guys had a lot of success. Now, I don't think you're going to have that success with Mac Jones because that's putting a lot on a young man. But if he does have the feet that Trent Dilfer is talking about, I think it might be a little bit better than what we think he, what he is. Sure. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping he does well. I'm just saying just from what I've seen, I'm not super hunting him to be like an elite pick. And even if he is a good game manager, I'm not thrilled about drafting a game manager in the first round. Um, but with the rest of the draft, right, Christian Barmore, I do like as a pick. Knew we were going to get Alabama boys in this draft. We always do. But Barmore is one I actually like. Um, Ramondre Stevenson I don't love as a pick. He's a fine running back, but like we already have Damian Harris is that tight. We're probably going to cut Sony Michelle because we took him, but Michelle kind of does that same thing. Uh, and Tylen Wallace is on the board. I like Tylen Wallace a lot. I think Tylen Wallace would have been a better pick for us. Um, but the rest of the draft is fine. It was, you know, it was an okay draft. It graded like a B minus draft, to be honest. Didn't love it. But the offseason, solid. I don't love Nelson Aguilar. Um, but we needed separation, so I see what the thought process was. You know, we ended up with him and Bourne as the two receivers we got in free agency. I, as you know, just an optimistic Patriots fan going in free agency, was hoping for the Curtis Samuel Marvin Jones pairing. I thought that would have been really cool, but you know, is what it is. And Aguilar did improve with the Raiders, so it's not as disgusting as it would have been like three years ago, right? Um, and then a tight end, you got Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith. I like the pairing a lot. I think they fit well together. I think Janu is one of my favorite tight ends in the league, to be honest. I think he's going to be more of the primary pass catcher, and Hunter Henry is going to do a little bit more blocking. But they can both block. They're both good at that. They can both pass catch. And we're going to go with a lot of that two tight end, run-heavy system, you know, quick passing game, which I think benefits both Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Um, and I think if we're going from a fantasy perspective, I think the whole offseason and everything they've done, no matter who's starting a quarterback, I means Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson and Sony Michelle, I guess, if he's still there, are really going to benefit in fantasy. They're going to get so many touches, so many red zone opportunities, especially if it's Mac Jones instead of Cam, taking the rushing opportunities away from the goal line. Uh, Damian Harris, I love in fantasy. Um, he's probably the only Patriot I'm really taking too much. Jacoby Myers is a good value. I guess late in drafts because he's what the wide receiver 82, I think off the top of my head being drafted right now. Um, but Damian Harris is a home run. You said what? John U in the late rounds. Uh, I don't hate John in the late rounds, but I like, you know, like a Tyler Higby instead, just because he's the only guy, but uh, John is not a terrible late tight end pick, but um, yeah, I think our off season was good. You know, uh, getting Jude on in free agency, you know, we overpaid for the production, but I think we needed it. So I'm not, you know, mad at the price that we gave them. Uh, and you, like you said, we got a lot of guys coming back. You know, Dante Hightower would be signed Lawrence Guy, which I didn't think was going to happen just because our salary cap is a little thin. But Lawrence Guy is so underrated. I really like Lawrence Guy a lot. Um, you know, he's a good even player. If, yeah, I like him a lot. You know, JC Jackson could continue to develop. I'm hoping Stefan Gilmore comes back. I doubt it, but please, Stefan, please. Please come back. I love you. Um, but yeah, I just think that uh, overall the additions we made were really good. But, you know, it's a lot of fill-in pieces that are going to step in and improve on what we were last year. But I don't know if that's enough to beat a more young and up, uh, up-and-coming up team in the Miami Dolphins. Okay, how about the development of Chase Winovich and Josh Uchi 
to go along with Ronnie uh, Perkins and Matt Judon? Do you think that these guys now, if they're in a rotational situation, are going to be more impactful on that defense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Chase Winovich is a guy I've always been higher on than most. I like Winovich a lot. He's shown a lot of flashes to me. Um, also, Anthony Jennings, that outside linebacker, is another younger guy that could develop. Um, so that front seven has some more pass rushers that, you know, it can't be as bad as last year. Last year was hard to watch with their pass rush. It was huh, it was bad. Um, also on the back end, Kyle Duggar. I love Kyle Duggar. I think he can develop into a really good starting safety. He can place him in the box linebacker and things like that and do a lot for us. Kyle Duggar's so fucking good. I love Kyle Duggar so much. Please come on the show, Kyle Duggar. Um, <laughs> God, Kyle Duggar's just the best. Like, listen, I love I love me some Patrick Chung. Patrick Chung is one of my favorite Patriots players ever, but now that he's gone, I need a safety to root for. It's Kyle Duggar. Also, shout out to Devin McCord. Devin McCord doing his thing still. Um, You know, we got Jawan Bentley, who can, you know, still develop. He's a younger guy that can uh, hopefully learn from Dante Hightower and, you know, he won't have as much pressure on him to really step up because Hightower is actually on the field this season. So we can, you know, just uh, have a little responsibility taken off of his shoulders and, you know, kind of ease his way into uh, into his improvement. Um, so I guess that's just the, uh, the overall evaluation. Like I said, I think it's going to be close between them and the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins slightly above just because they have a, uh, more guys that I think can take a you know you know a jump and make it to where they win a couple more games. I think that could be the difference. Is they have so many options of guys that can you know oh if they break out in this game they can you know win this one. And, you know I don't think we have as many of those guys per se, but I like what we did a lot and I think we're on an uptick. We knew Bill Belichick wasn't going to sit around and rebuild, um, but I think even this. Spending spree was more than people would have expected. So I'm happy with it. So I'm going to give my prediction now. And uh, Boston, you are welcome. My time in Brookline was awesome. My time all over that state was pretty good. But you you guys are looking. You know what? The hoodie is special to me. And I think that he will be invigorated by just the toys that he has on defense. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 11 and 6 for the hoodie. I know that's high. But. He's special to me. He's he's a special coach. Um, I've always he's he's taken two titles away from me. So, you know, the first one that he got with New England, uh, and then, you know, our our thirteen to three debacle where we couldn't we couldn't sniff the end zone. So I'm not gonna even talk about that. Those are still uh fresh guards for me. So I like <laughs> I like the hoodie because I think the hoodie does something that a lot of a lot of coaches do not do. Is that his his game plan on the fly, his adjustments on the fly is still some of the best in football. And now that you upgraded the talent and you got guys back from last year who weren't playing and they were critical pieces last year, right? I mean, I'm sorry. Dante you take Dante Hotower out of 
that defense is it's bigger than taking any said any other middle linebacker out of their defense. He is that is the the defensive team captain. That is the guy who kind of is the now the new Patriot way guy, right? To me mm-hmm. personally, he's the heart and soul of that defense. I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. He was gone. I think he's back. A year off, so no no nagging injuries, full tilt. We get to see the best of Dante Hightower. So that's the reason why I'm going 11 wins for the Patriots until somebody t- until I see it myself. He does more with less than anybody else, and I think that he could somehow get this team to 11 wins. Yeah, I mean, 11, I think, is fair. Shout out to the Patriots. Please win 11. Um, I think my prediction is more so 9 and 8. I think I think we're one year and one offseason away from truly getting the pieces we need. I think we're kind of in a transition phase with our team of, you know, because Bill Belichick switches identities a lot. And I think mm-hmm. this is one of those years where, you know, we're going to learn to switch, and the next year is where we truly lock in. I would expect this team to really figure themselves out in the second half of the season, more so than the first, um, especially after Tom Brady kicks our ass in week four. Oh, my God. That's going to be so bad. I'm but, <laughs> he might throw eight touchdowns. I'm not going to lie. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think nine is where I'd go. I think our ceiling is 12 or 13. Um, and our floor, I think we're a pretty safe team to, to be pretty good. Um, I think our floor is like six. I know I said it with Miami too, but I think we're kind of in similar boats. Um, so I think, but you know, uh, that's the unbiased take. Biased take, a uh, 17-0 season in common. Go Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I agree with where Kyler, Kyler is more on the team. I see maybe a little bit more downside for maybe like a five and – what would that be? Five and eleven. Five and twelve. Five and twelve. NFL new math. Yeah. yeah, math is hard. A five, a five and twelve finish, maybe if you if you're starting Cam Newton for a large swath of the season, I could see that. But also, like I'm, I've been someone who's historically higher on Cam Newton's ability to put it get together. So I also see like maybe a higher upside for like a, a twelve win team or something like that. My prediction would probably be though closer to you around the nine win mark, nine and eight, eight and nine, something like that. And uh, the line on this one is nine and a half. So Vince, for the first time, you're a good amount above the line. Always take the over with the hoodie. You know, I'm talking about that's really what I'm basing it on. I know that the talent tells me that that team should win nine games. I know for a fact that that's what it's telling me. I know. So I understand what I'm doing. I'm going out on a limb for the greatest NFL head coach of all time. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm doing. I'm going out on a limb for Belichick and his ability to squeeze victories because there's nobody better to me in the NFL that takes advantage of teams making dumb mistakes. And it seems to happen Every single week in the NFL, and somehow, some way, 
a third period defensive pass interference cost said team of AFC a victory mm-hmm. against the Patriots. And it, yeah. it happens every year. Mm-hmm. So you tell me that team last year was like a six, six win, seven win team with mm-hmm. all of the stuff that went down with them. Yeah. I, like, I don't know how he got that team to that, to that record. I have no idea how he got that squad to that record. So now that he has raised the floor on the talent, yeah, I'm going to definitely say 11. So, yeah, I know I'm over on on what Vegas is talking about. So that's my thing. And I think the I think the Jedi Master shows Flores like, hey, I'm not done yet. Yeah, that's reasonable for sure. Um, real quick, I just want to put this prediction out there on the on the airwaves. So if it comes true, I can be applauded as a genius on Twitter. Um, don't yep. be surprised. If in the AFC playoff race, the Patriots and Dolphins tie and the Dolphins get in the playoffs because we can never beat the Dolphins at home. Yeah, oh, no doubt. It. No doubt. There's something with I Miami. Yeah, there's something with Miami. But I'm hoping like, Miami. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping that the the Jets, you know, that that two and oh that you get from the Jets, you know, and then they take advantage of whomever else is on their schedule. Is Dallas on their schedule this year, uh, Kyler? Are the uh, I don't remember. I think they are. See, there you go. I think we There's, do have Dallas. You're, you're welcome. There it is. Yes, yeah, W. Yes, yeah, W. Hey, Dallas fans, don't. Hey, stop. Don't even do it. I don't even want to hear it. Don't want to. Don't even want to hear it. Because we're gonna get to your squad in about four weeks. Okay. No, we're not four and thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're gonna get to your squad in about four in about four weeks. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to hear from you yet. This is all AFC. All these, right? Yeah, it sounds like I'll be defending the Cowboys fans. Oh my God! Here we go. All right, can we start beef with the Cowboys on this episode and just say that the Patriots are uh, actually America's team? Just want to put that out there. Uh, anyways, we can move on. No, 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 we don't have to. We don't have to move on from that. Go ahead. No, this is this is this podcast. Oh, go. Okay. go ahead. All right. All right. First of all, talk your shit, bro. All right. So you're America's team, right? Cowboys claim to be America's team. They haven't won since 1990, fucking six. 1996. I don't even know what was on the top of the charts on 1996. Well, okay. What what songs were even popping in 1996? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. Let me look up. Hold on. Let me do a quick like Google search song song? of the 1990s. <laughs> the thong song. If you're if the last time you won the Super Bowl, the thong song was hot. Shout outs to Cisco. You, you can't you can't be America's team. You can't be America's team if you're listening to the thong song winning the Super Bowl. Let's see. Mariah Carey, Boyz to Men, Celine Dion, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Tony oh, Braxton. Crossroads, right on. Okay, Whitney Houston, R.I.P. Whitney Houston, and Tupac, R.I.P. Tupac. Hello, Cool J. Yeah, I see R. Kelly in that list. You get, bro, last time, uh, last time they won a Super Bowl, R. Kelly wasn't even canceled yet. So you can't be America's team. I'm just saying. Mm. Shout Patriots. Mm. And guess who's on Hard Knocks this year? The Cowboys, because you know Jerry. Oh, yeah, you know Jerry loves it. I, I mean, there is a team that was built around uh, laborers like steel workers and has more of a consistent history <laughs> that you could maybe make an argument. <laughs> but as a Canadian, I want to make that one. 
Oh man! Yeah. Well, first of all, if we if we throwing teams out, you know, what I'm saying we were in the heartland. We were we were in St. Louis. All right, bro. And oh, I know St. Louis don't down. like the Rams. You know what I'm saying? But we back in the line, line, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, St. Louis people, I'm sorry for y'all. Listen, Cronky did y'all dirty, but hey, shout out to Stan Cronky for bringing the Rams back to Los Angeles, and we got a beautiful stadium. So. Super excited about that. We can also have like a WrestleMania here, so I'm good with all. I'm good with all the slander that I get from St. Louis. So, um, sorry about you guys not having a football team, and uh, I hope that you get one in expansion. And that's pretty much about it. We got to move on to Buffalo because here is the team, Bills Mafia. First of all, let's. Hey, I need everybody online for this. Bills Mafia is dope. I want to do shows from Buffalo. I want somebody I'm, to be thrown through a table that's on fire and somebody send me like an Instagram post to that. That is my yeah. hope and dream this year for this podcast is that we can get Bill's Mafia to show us what really goes down during the tailgate I mean, I seen you know, I seen both. I just seen something sent to me personally from Bills Mafia. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Josh Allen is really, really good. Uh, Stephon Diggs showed. I mean, I I didn't know. I mean, I knew he was. I knew he was. I knew he was really good. But to see what he did last year was was special. I'm still scared of their running game. I, I you know, I don't know. Um, I I hope it's improved. Um, their defense is small, but they're gonna have leads. So I feel like just pin the ears back and go get them, so to speak. But I think they're clearly the class of the ASC East. And shots out to Bills Mafia for that. So, Nico, what is your take on the Bills? What they did maybe in the offseason? Is there something in particular you liked about their draft? And we'll kind of piggyback off that. But I'm high on the oh. Bills, and I cannot wait to give this prediction because I think I'm going to send shockwaves throughout America. Yeah, I'm I'm really high on the Bills too. They like their receiving core is so deep. They're going to be cutting people who would be starting for some NFL teams. Overall, their offensive line is pretty strong. It keeps getting better with every passing season. Josh Allen is much improved. They're going to be relying on uh, that single Terry Zach Moss combination with a little mix in for Matt Breida, I guess, this season, but. Uh, they seem to be high on Zach Moss and think he can fulfill some role that uh, I never personally saw for him. But they, they've they done such a good job scouting overall, I will kind of cede the floor to them. I really like what they did on the defensive line. No one really saw their defensive line like as an area of need with Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. But they went and they got Gregory Rousseau in the first round and Carlos Basham in the second round, just saying we're coming out every every game and going to 
pass rush uh, 100% of the time. The Steelers did a thing last year where they played three outside linebackers with semi-frequency, and I think the Bills could do something similar with three defensive ends, um, having someone blitzing from the interior. Uh, they're... Yeah, over, overall, their linebacker core is good. Their their defensive backfield is good. They, this is a great team. I would say they were the deepest team in the league if there wasn't such that monolith out in Kansas City. Yeah, I'm super happy. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm super happy the Bills. I think they have probably the best safety duo in the league with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I'm really high on that duo. Micah Hyde. To me, he's one of the most underrated players in the league. He's so good. <laughs> oh, uh, you man, know, he's got. Fight about that one. I have a, all sorts of Micah Hyde slander packed up. And <laughs> Micah Hyde slander. All right, but all uh, level layers and layers. I feel like I. What is it with Nico and like other people, dude? Like you say, th- okay. All right, <laughs> we gotta listen. I know we don't. We try. We're trying not to go off track, but hold on, hold on. I need a second. So Nico is the nicest guy. He's from Canada. So listen, <laughs> yes, sir. all your, all your, all your like hot takes and hate from my, my guy. He's from Canada. So lay off a little bit. One. No, no, you bring it all. I'll respond. respond oh, okay. Never mind. Bring all yeah, your heat. Layer it on. Layer it on. Nico, QPPN, bring all your yeah, heat on Twitter. He says he is here for that. But I will say this. This is the second. It's there's a pattern brewing, and I don't know if anybody sees it. <laughs> Nico has a tendency to say things like this, like he has Michael Micah High slander built up. He also almost broke one of our other contributors, which is Kendall Hall. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times I've pretty pissed them off. A Josh Giddy take and a hey. JT Thor take <laughs> that if you haven't seen listen, it's in it's Kendall's hot. defense. In Kendall's defense, I a hundred percent misspoke at first on Josh Giddy and claimed he was athletic when that is very much not the case. But, uh, but the reaction was still great and, and I kept it, was, it in it and it was fantastic. But you guys go great. ahead and talk about your Micah Hyde uh, slander and go ahead, Kyler, and defend Micah Hyde. Defend Micah? I, I feel like I have to hear what Nico's slander is first. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like he's more of a slot corner than anything Uh I see him like specifically. Actually, to be honest, this slander start, starts uh, quite a few years back because after the Steelers beat uh, or the Packers beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl, I spent so much of my free time watching that Packers team that went fifteen and one and then lost to the Giants. And ever since then, Micah Hyde's been getting a lot of pub on this team. I feel like he's a little bit of a overhyped slot corner who can just kind of fill in in, in certain spaces similar to a guy like Mike Hilton when Micah Hyde gets viewed as one of the best safeties in the league. And I, I, I don't know. I just kind of think that's blasphemous. I don't know. I think you had more of a case for that, you know, that slot corner type thing when he was in Green Bay. Green Bay is infamous for just taking players in the secondary and putting them in the wrong spot. They do that yeah, all the fucking time. I think sure. Buffalo Micah Hyde, though, is a completely different player. I think he's way more yes, sure. of a refined he's- safety. 
there and you know he can still do some slot work but yeah he'll jump stuff and gets a little sloppy with this footwork and i guess when he's bad he just really pissed me off sure but i mean i i feel like your your slander with mike Hyder is a little hate in your heart i think you have yeah, to you know i think you have to set that aside there's layers of hate in my heart for micah Hyde. i'll have to peel back for a long time <laughs> i i man i'm i'm gonna maybe i should do a film breakdown of why i don't like micah because <laughs> this is one of the takes i feel strongest about my heart and it's like i said nearly a decade old at this point are, are we are we are we about to have our own like pseudo the ringer void like koc style but with nico miatello because i'm oh. here for all that by the way hey we'll see i'm here I, for I all that. of that <laughs> by the way bill simmons still coming after you so don't don't think you're off the hook in the process so so okay <laughs> micah's micah high slander aside okay um here, here's my take. Okay, I'm throwing it out there now. Uh, what's the what's the Vegas over under on on the Buffalo Bills? Anybody? Oh, in seventeen. Okay, uh, it's ten and a half. Way over. Way over. It doesn't pay specifically well, so you might have to go look for alternative lines because I think I'd predict them to be a 13-win team as well. Oh, oh, well, I have. Do you want to hear what I got on that? Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Bills Mafia, Buffalo, you have been uh, slandered time and time again, not, not on this show, but people have discounted you. People still don't understand your run when you went to four consecutive Super Bowls and lost them. They still slander that team for sure. They're like, why are you celebrating that? But I'm gonna tell you right now, you guys up in up in uh upstate New York. And by the way, the only real team in New York, I said it. I said mm. it. The only Jeez. real team in Whoa, New York, by the way. Oh, yeah, mm. I, got, I got hot takes on all this, okay? But Bill's Mafia rejoice because your man with the plan is this. You're going to win. You're going 14-3. and three. Easy. Easy like. Easy, you say. 14-3, and three, and really, you probably could go 15-2, and two, but you won't care at the end of the year because you're just trying to keep everybody healthy. And make that playoff run. I believe in you. Shouts out to Bills Mafia. I had to get that off. I clearly believe that the Bills are head Dumb. and shoulders above everybody in this division. And I don't think they have anywhere near an equal. Uh, I mean, I think 15 is the ceiling. I think you're right on that. If I'm yeah. being honest, I think I am going to predict more... 12 or 13 wins just because I think the division is going to be, you know, somewhat more, it's going to be more competitive than I think a lot of people realize. And, I you think know, not saying this is going to happen. the deepest division in the AFC. In the AFC, I think there's that argument. Um, and, you know, yeah. not saying this is going to happen, but is it absurd for there to be a world where the Jets steal a game in MetLife? Not really. It could happen. So just based off of how deep the entire AFC is, I can in my right mind put them at 14 wins. 
I think I'll go 12 or 13, but they're for sure the best team in the division. Yeah. Here's my, I, I, here's my take on MetLife getting a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, when Stephon Diggs is running down the field with the football, he'll be in white, by the way, with like blue trim. Yeah. The dudes in the green, you you should not ever leave him like one on one. Okay? Your safety should not be peeking in the backfield at all. There should be double coverage on that man. But since I know that's not gonna happen, again, my prediction is Jets, please score thirty four points to have any chance of winning. Yeah, and they're not gonna do that to that Buffalo defense. But I I don't know. I think the divisional games are always like some level of a coin flip. Of course they're like the better team wins the majority of the time, but there's always weird stuff that happens. So I kind of see what Kyler's saying there for sure. Um uh, I was gonna say something else, but it slipped my mind, so go ahead. How many how many wins do, does Buffalo have for you? Oh, oh, that's what yeah, that's what I was gonna do. I I have them as a, probably a thirteen win would be my my prediction. With like Kyler said, the ceiling of fifteen wins, Fif, a fifteen and two team, I think would give me an aneurysm. That's where the numbers make <laughs> for my brain for some reason. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, with with the floor as closer to that that eleven or ten wins, I think they're a really good squad. They need to have. Uh, what's his name? Mitch Trubisky starting most of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have slander for that, but he going to c- carry a clipboard. So I don't have to worry about that. So whatsoever. Yeah. And so, so hey, Trubisky is the, uh, the NFL's first and only MVP though. So then the Trubisky slander is not here. You know, Nickelodeon valuable player or whatever it was, you know, mm, got, yeah. don't forget. <laughs> Nobody forget. Yeah. Shouts out to uh, Chapel Hills, Mitchell Chubrinsky, for getting that Nickelodeon Award. Another accolade for the Buffalo Bills. As we all hear, it's it's a landslide that we all have the Buffalo Bills winning the division. I'm high on them completely. And I actually think they have, I think they're, because it's Buffalo and because that city just homes for that team and what Josh Allen means to that area and what it seems what it means to Josh Allen to do well. I think there's no playoff hangover and I think they go on a mission this year and they also have that the remnants of Patriot fan, you know, just ragging on them. You know, even mm-hmm. Dolphin fan to a to a lesser extent, and I don't know what goes on with the Jets and their fan base, why they think they should rag on anybody, but they, they do talk well. a lot of shit about Joe Namath. They really like yeah. the fact that yeah. Joe Namath plays there. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll go like this. I think that this is like payback. I think this is the year where a team has all the tools to give the Patriots that payback that everybody in the division wants to be able to give them and nobody's had the team to be able to do it. I think this is a year that Buffalo says, you know, the hell with it. We're going to win this division going away. We're going to leave no doubt 
And like I said, I think towards the end of the year, they could be a 15-win te- team. But, like, they throttle back because they just want to keep everybody healthy and win 14 games. But it's a legit 15-win team. I don't know. Well, now that you said that it's a revenge year and everyone's getting the revenge on the Patriots, I feel like I have to change my evaluation of Mac Jones to me thinking he's the second coming of Tom Brady and Jesus Christ combined. <laughs> so, Hey, Trent Dilfer likes him. Yeah, oh, Trent. yeah, Trent Dilfer likes him. Yeah, yeah, that means he yeah. yeah. shouts out to our guy. Well, actually, well I, I really hope Trent Dilfer knows everything about quarterbacks because I remember him really liking my boy Dwayne Haskins back in the day. <laughs> Uh, I, I gotta be, I gotta be getting him back up to be this. Oh, that's a good sign. I wish you wouldn't have told me that, Nico. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, see, here's the one thing with the Dwayne Haskins take is that is that as far as footwork and what have you, Haskins has it. The only problem with him yeah. is that he can't he read his own defense. Yeah, that's, well, that's well, well, the biggest thing. A hundred percent of his NFL interceptions have been against zone defenses. I understand that you love that stat, and I get it. I 100% get it. I love it. It's my favorite. I love it. It's in my chest. I just think that the – I'll put it this way. Maybe if Haskins Mm -hmm. spent a little less time in the strip club and more time in the the video room, he reads zone defense. Mm -hmm. I think his problem was more than anything else. It's very yeah, I think he has to do that in Pittsburgh or he gets cut because they're not going to put up with any type of that stuff from him, especially they have nothing uh, invested in him. And also, like, I got to feel bad for my guy because his wife did just uh, punch him in the face so bad. He needs minor surgery. So uh, I, I hope he's doing well there. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Yeah, that, was, oh. that was a big news story that kind of got swept under the rug this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, Sherman. Sherman kind of overshadowed yeah. that and some oh, other stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Kyler, do you have any other pa- Patriots propaganda that you need to fire off before we uh, get up up out of here? Patriots propaganda. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, greatest tight end duo in the NFL. Not even close. Let me get that out the way. Uh, Henry and Johnny combined are better than George Kittle and Travis Kelce. I don't know if you saw the video, but Travis Kelce is oh, actually how it's pronounced. Pissed me off just because of that yeah. alone. Tebow better than Kelce. Let me get that <laughs> out the way. I don't know who the fuck Kelce is. Kelsey's really good, but Kelsey's trash. Um, let me see. What else? Do we have any other, do we have any other slander? Uh, James White. Uh, there would be no Christian McCaffrey in the NFL without James White. Just throwing that out there. He walked the McCaffrey fly. Hey, James White walked so Christian McCaffrey could run. That's all I'm saying. Kyler, you um, know who's going to fall in love with you is the guys from uh, since, since the Sandbox are going to fall in love with you with these takes. Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, man. I'm just putting it how it is. You know, people love Christian McCaffrey, and I get it. McCaffrey's very good. James White, you know, thank him for what you see in Christian McCaffrey. Also, uh, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, too, if you really think about it. James White is just Kamara, but more <laughs> consistent and without the piercings. That's all it really is. But, like, does Marco <laughs> have anything to do in these arguments? Anything to say? Or, like, all the other <laughs> facts before? Or we forget about them? No, no, this is just propaganda. This is just propaganda getting off. You know, I know. <laughs> Listen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the AFC East. You know, preview. You know what I'm saying? My boy is a Patriots fan. I told him, listen, 
You can come on this show. You can you can wave your Patriots flag way high. And he yes, said, he said, yard receiver this he, go, he said, say less. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, Devin McCourty is the most underrated safety of the last decade. Uh, let me get that out there. Uh, go, go Rutgers. Go Rutgers. Yes, go Rutgers. Um, let me see. Uh, I miss you, Jason McCourty. You were pretty good. Uh, let me see what else. Uh, Kyle Van Noy's back. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kyle Van Noy. Oh, Kyle Van Noy and Trent Brown. Shout out to them. Trent Brown. Oh, oh yeah, is Trent a, Brown. Big Trent thing. Brown is a gigantic human being, first of all. Shout out to you, Trent Brown. Plays um, great in New England and not anywhere else. He's one of those dudes. The, I know. Calvin the, best Shout to Calvin is, the best part is next week, it's probably going to be flipped because we're doing the AFC North. Absolutely. Other than my mama, the 411 <laughs> white lady, as I like to call her, shout out to man. my mama right now. Mm hmm. Nico Miatello is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so all, all Steeler propaganda all day next week. I'm just letting y'all know. So if you You're ready to hear about how the ninth offensive lineman is going to secure us a Super Bowl spot. Okay, so it's going to be great. So that's what we have coming up for you next week. Keep in mind, we are doing three podcasts a week right now. We have Football Friday, which we're is coming to a close right now. We have Hoop Questions Monday, which will definitely happen. Now, the next week of Hoop Questions Monday will be more draft-related because we got to get all our draft stuff out the way because we have a vaunted, highly anticipated mock draft coming up in a couple weeks. So... We got that going on. And then Tuesday is our NBA draft preview special. This week, it'll be 15 through 22. And you know why it ends on 22, right, Nico? Absolutely. That's right. Because I live in the La La and I'm a Lakers fan. So you and know we was going to get that in. Then 23 through 30 is going to start off with two beautiful Rockets picks right there. So oh, okay. that two excellent episodes we got loaded up. Okay, so so I'm going to make Nico fill out his bio because he's a Houston Rockets fan <laughs> and a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. <laughs> and none of it makes sense to anybody. Hey, but It's I all did, for another feature. 100%. I did. I think I did secure him. On being UCLA Bruins fans because he loves Chip Kelly. So I do love me some Chip so, Kelly. Okay. Yeah, so I, I might have got that. Yeah. You know. All right. We'll lock it down. We'll lock it down. We'll lock it down. All right. We're going to end this episode, and we end this episode two ways. One, we need a no doubt about it person of the week or entity or company. So listen – for you guys out there who are listening to us, and I hope that you are, um, and we're growing the fan base more and more, and I just want to thank everybody out there for listening to us and enjoying like the new voices that you're hearing on the network. So shouts out to the listeners out there because we have Fantasy Dreams that come. That's Kyler's podcast. We have the Hoop Questions Monday, and we have Football Friday, so thank you for that. Nico is in development of a 
sports gambling podcast. So look out for that shortly. Um, and look out for, I believe there is a gaming podcast coming. We are still in the works on that as well. So you, you, y'all will probably hear more about both those podcasts next week. I think we, we've got something cooking there where we can give you guys a bit more of a breakdown on those two projects. And for that reason, and, th- and that reason only, the no doubt about it, people of the week are none other than Kyler Copeland, KC, Nico Miatello, and Kendall Hall. <laughs> And we will not forget our dude, our ATA alien, the newest member of the Question Point Pod family, Big Kez. Where you at, bro? Yes. You know Woo. what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Listen, this is our no doubt about it. People of the week, the reason why is because I told you um, a while ago that we were going to try to catch the ringer. I am now accumulating talent. And when I say talent, um, I don't use those. I don't use that word lightly. Uh, these gentlemen are talented. They are. They work hard. They are shaping what this network is going to look like in five years. And I couldn't be more proud to have them aboard. And just the the people that they are. I think you'll see it. As time goes on, you'll see it. You'll see just just the they're tremendous people. I can say that. Um, I've had the privilege of knowing them for a short time, but they are considered family to me. Um, we are big on that in this kind of collective, and uh, I'm not gonna get choked up and cry, but I will just put it this way: I am um, indebted to these young men and uh, and the time and effort they put into this network has been um, beautiful for me to watch. And I just can't wait to see where we take it in the next three to five years, not even talking about like a whole decade. So no doubt about it. People of the week are my guys. Again, it's going to be Nico Miatello, Casey, Kyler Copeland, Kendall Hall and Kez. And also we will not forget our guy, our gaming guy. Our Eagles fan. Go ahead. Shout him out, Nico. Go ahead. Shout him out. Shout him out. Because I don't want him to feel like left out. He'll be be co-hosting the gambling pod as well with me. We've got my guy, Zach, Zachary Pierce. Uh, He's an Eagles fan, big-time gamer. He streams on Twitch. He's probably the best person at video games of anyone I've ever met. I, I will never say that to his face, though. And he always he always kind of scares me when he is in the room because he he seems like the dude from a beautiful mind, like there's always something going on. So yeah, I just kind of go sit there and look at that. So that's where I'm at with that. All right, so we're gonna end this podcast like this. Listen, be good to yourself. Be good. Make sure you're great. Um, make sure that you're in a healthy mindset. Make sure that your life is exactly where you needed to be and then at that point please be appreciative of those around you who are supporting you through this process okay show them love show them just some you know time and affection 
And then go out into the world, be good to your neighbor, be good to them, uh, speak to them, you know, a hearty hello, whatever the case may be. And then at that point, go out and impact your community in a, in a big way, either through volunteering or if you are blessed abundantly and you are too busy to volunteer your time, go ahead and bless those worthy, worthy uh, organizations out there who are helping out the less fortunate than we are. And, you know, just donate some money. You know, um, there's a lot of people who could use a help up. And uh, this podcast promotes those type of activities. And that's the type of people that we want as no doubt about it, people of the week. Actually, those are the people that are really doing something that is impactful in the community. So I look forward to that. And with that being said, it's a Friday. Listen, we got more draft stuff coming. There's so much going on on the network. Uh, oh, shout out to Nico because his player profiles are on the website. Go to questionpointpodnetwork.com to get all of your NBA draft stuff. You get it right there. You can follow along with us because we got player breakouts. We also have a YouTube channel. Shout out to QP Sports, doing it real big. We are everywhere. I told you, Bill Simmons, that this, (laughs) listen, NFL stands for not for long. And damn it, in this case, it means the exact same thing, bro. We are coming for your head. All right. I got some I got some killers on my squad and we coming for that hit. Nico, what else? Tyler, you got anything else to say before we break off? Uh yeah, uh go Patriots. <laughs> uh I I just wanted to echo a lot of the stuff you said, Vince, and like you saying you saying all that stuff to us, giving us that show that we we have to echo it back. You've done so much supporting the the group of us, and I know Kyler would definitely co-sign that as well so they, it's definitely family and you're the one who's created and uh, like fostered that energy so thanks a lot dude no doubt no for doubt sure, sure. yeah i'm hey listen i'm always going to cheerlead for my guys and my guys are real big and what what y'all don't know what goes on behind the scenes that we really can't let you in on is it's not just the work it's how they seem to find a way to connect with one another. And that's been the most special part is watching that is watching that aspect of them because I'm running around with my head cut off half the time. So those guys getting with other people and doing the connections and what have you, as I'm trying to chase down information has been wonderful to watch. So you know, I wanted to give kudos and make sure they felt appreciated with this company. So we're going to get off the, the QPPN Love Fest. We're going to get out of here. You guys enjoy your weekend, and we will see y'all on Monday. So peace. <laughs>